Good morning. Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. Delighted to have Wednesdays with Wendy and a very special Wednesday because it's Valentine's Day. Wendy Mahoney, investigative journalist from Uncover DC. Good morning, Wendy. I already know. I could just say, how are you doing? But I, we've already been comparing notes and lamenting about, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of good news out there to talk about, unfortunately. Yep. Right about that. It's, it's um, extremely heavy stuff. And I'm just going to say that uh, Americans better really, really start taking things seriously here. Yeah, really seriously. Well, and I guess I just, I, you know, it's it's another reminder, I think. Well, trust in God, keep your powder dry, and be start looking at being a prepper. Right? I mean, I, I guess. I, holy cow. I mean, I say, you know, people need to get in, involved. I mean, and, and really start hounding um, Congress, you know, legislators. Like, be on top of it. Be on top of it. Be on top of things. Anyway, um, one of the articles that I wrote, last week was on the basically the automation of AI and the National Science Foundation, which is a government agency. um, And uh, uh, Jim Jordan put out a letter talking about what they had found and basically millions in government grants going to these NGOs, because that's, that's what they're doing. They're, they're laundering this unconstitutional activity through NGOs and 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 there's that's a pattern in all of government. Unfortunately, um, you know it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's UFO it, it, um, stuff, you know, where you've got government agencies that are unfoiable, untouchable, um, you know, top secret to the point where even the president doesn't know and what they're doing, what kind of technology they're developing. Um, well, the same is with this, you know, National Science Foundation stuff. Um, they're, they're basically, um, you know, handing out these projects to these NGOs at universities, um, you know, nonprofits. And most of these guys, you know, they're think tanks, and most of them um, are very liberal, um, you know, have very particular ideas about what information should be going on the internet. And I mentioned in the article, this Andreessen guy um, who is all for AI. And one of the, it's interesting when I was reading the documents, um, I always check the source documents. I mean, it's just what you do. I don't take even what Congress puts in its documents, you know, in its, in its investigations, at, you know, at, at face value. And it was interesting to note that in one section of their report, they did not give the entire quote of, of, from this guy. And, and it, they didn't supply the most important part of his quote, which is, you know, it's just so bad. I mean, it, it's kind of, make suspicious even these reports that they write. Um, And, you know, 
like the political interests behind them, et cetera. But anyway, um, basically, up until now, uh, or up until, you know, recently, uh, if you look at the Twitter files and if you look at the uh, ticketing systems that they had set up where the government would go out to hand it out to an NGO or, you know, go to social media companies and say, you know, we really want you to do this. They would, you know, it's like third person, you know, third person removed and say, you know, we can't have this information going out on COVID like, or we, we can't have um, this information going out in, on hydroxychloroquine. It, you know, it's, it's, Basically, we know that it's an effective treatment, but we don't want the American public to know that because we've got these vaccines and these other treatments that we weren't, we're making a lot of money on. We're make, you know, we've got the patent, you know, Fauci has patents, you know, and, and just makes lots of money on remdesivir and hospitals make lots of money on remdesivir. And so there was, it was a, a more, of a, more of a manual process where you know, hey, you do this. Well, you know, they come back. We can't do. Are we really? Are you sure? We shouldn't. We probably shouldn't do that. That censorship. You know, and then coming back. Well, we have to do it. And and you know, developing ticketing systems to identify the speech that they didn't want going out there, and you know, kind of operationalizing it to a certain extent. But it was still humans talking to humans and humans going back and forth, and it was. Uh, you know, more of a process. Well, now what they want to do, what they are doing and what they have been doing is basically letting AI um, determine uh, what is acceptable speech and not. The problem is that humans are still involved in it because they input the coding that, you know, sets all of that in motion. You understand? Um, I have, I think I put an example in the article of what they're doing, um, and, and basically, you know, things that are safe, they, they put in their coding, um, like text that reads, we should build a wall at the border, um, and then the coding set gives it a toxicity uh, score, and then it labels that speech as hate speech. You know, or, um, you know, we should build a wall to keep the Mexicans out. Well, that's a tox toxicity score of Ugh, five. Give me a break. And label that as hate. And then the target groups are Mexicans, Latinos. So anyway, you know, they're still feeding the, the beast. Um, but then the AI takes over. Well, the quote that they, they, they included was, Andreessen wrote in his blog, he said, AI is highly unlikely to be, highly likely to be the control layer for everything in the world. Just think about that sentence alone. How is it allowed to operate? How it is allowed to operate is going to matter perhaps more than anything else has ever mattered. You should be aware of how a small and isolated coterie of partisan social engineers are trying to determine that right now, under cover of the age-old claim that they are protecting you. In short, <clears throat> don't let the thought police suppress AI. And and what they 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 kind of implied in this thing that 
that Andreessen is is all in for you know controlling uh, speech through AI, and I think he recognizes the perils of it. He still is all 100% in for it, um, but the important sentence there that they left out is don't let the thought police suppress AI. And who are the thought police? The thought police are the social engineers. And where are these social engineers? These that social engineers are in places like WashU, where Kate Starbird is. I wrote a long article on her there within our government, um, you know, in, in CISA, you know, uh, under the guise of protecting our national security. You know, now we've got cognitive security. Um, I mean, that is a term, um, you know, you've got universities and, 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 you know, companies, nonprofits like Mosaic and, and Microsoft, Toxigen, and all these various uh, entities making a lot of money either through, um, you know, gov- lots of them through these government grants, like millions of dollars in government grants. Um, and, and the, it's really unconstitutional to do that. I mean, it's our government tasking people to do their dirty work. That's what's happening. And now they're going to automate it. And that's overwhelming. What what people don't understand is, um, for example, this Epstein guy has been studying Google and how Google ag- algorithms are set up to favor Democrats and Democrat candidates, and Democrat policies, et cetera. And what people don't understand is that the Internet was supposed to be this, quote-unquote, democratic uh, entity or space where we all had information. There was equity in, in our ability to access information. Well, what's happened? No, it's actually gone the other direction. It's being curated. It, uh, the Internet is literally social media. The internet, the things you see online are being curated to, for, so Americans don't even know what they're not seeing. Do you understand? It's really frightening. And I mean, that's why, I mean, honestly, Wendy, that's why we have to be, as conservatives, we have to be so discerning already about our information and, and frankly, even just be very careful about the sources that we're relying upon for our information to ensure that we are getting it complete. Hey, before, uh, and and I don't want to cut you off because I know you're on the roll, but I wanted to just, I mean, just make note that, I mean, there were years ago, I mean, I could never do it today, but, uh, well, I don't know how, how many, five years out of college, I was a computer programmer, and, I mean, things have changed so much, I could never do it again. But um, computers are only... Well, and I'll just say it this way with regard to how this topic is. Computers are only as unbiased as their programmers. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck. Good luck with getting unbiased information from AI if it's being programmed by those that have a partisan agenda. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's important to, um, you know, for Americans to continue to read great books, great literature, um, you know, uh, go outside the internet, you know, read things that expand beyond, you know, current, uh, you know, issues and everything, because that allows your brain to, 
continue to be able to be analytical about what you're hearing, I mean, from politicians, it doesn't really matter, you know, what side you're on. I mean, we all have our biases, biases, we all have our mindset, our worldview, you know, we have these frameworks from which we operate. And so now we have to be even more vigilant about, you know, it's just like, it's just like food. If you feed your body junk, you'll get junk out. You know, you'll get disease, poor immune systems, depression, whatever. It's the same with information. information Garbage in, garbage out, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's food for your brain. And so we need to be, I mean, these devices that parents are handing their children at young ages when they're developmentally not ready to manage the information I mean, I never gave my kids screens or any of this, that stuff. They, that my kids weren't even allowed a, a phone until high school. Um, and even that is pretty young. I, I know. Mean, I mean, honestly, and, and you have to really be vigilant about uh, limiting yeah. their screen time, period. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, children can't barely handle it, but adults definitely can't handle it either. I mean, Look at what happened during COVID. I mean, if I had a dime for every, every time somebody said to me, well, there's no way I could have known during COVID this or that or the other thing, I would be a very wealthy woman. And, and I, it, it actually is one of the comments that irritates me greatly because it's simply objectively not true. What do you mean well, by under- if only they had known? What do you, what do you, I, I'm, I'm curious about what they claimed if only they had known what that that the government was anything. lying to them <laughs> yeah anything anything you you name it masks and how they don't work um social distancing and how it was ridiculous um you know uh, the covid virus and how um how that, that that there's no way they could have known that their parks shouldn't have been shut down even though they were well ventilated i mean one of the w- best ways to uh, eradicate or get rid of a, a virus is to have m- air movement of air, circulation of air, uh, and 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 sunlight, and 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 you know, never mind the the immune system, the benefits you get in your immune system of being outdoors. And yet, I'm walking, and I it's like a freaking ghost town uh, around the park, and and the entire playground area is is cordoned off with yellow yeah. police tape. Gosh, these people are just, I mean, honestly, Insane. like where, where is like a spark of critical thinking? I mean, I just, I don't know. Maybe my husband teases me and says, I think you have a, 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 a titch of oppositional defiance disorder, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, maybe, maybe. Oh, so. I don't have just a titch of it. I have, I have, I have like a many titches of that. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and, you know, honestly, I don't want to give, you know, I don't want to be pat. We could mutually pat each other on the back. But, I mean, it, it's just being wired, I guess, a certain way to question what is what makes no sense. And, I mean, why is that such a difficult concept for some people? I mean, I'm sure you see it, the phenomenon of the driver around your community wearing a mask yeah. in their cars. They still do it. Uh, driving solo, and they're still doing it. Well, oh, the, the, the other issue Come is on. that I'm not particularly sub, uh, sub, um, susceptible to fear, and and a lot of people are. That was I, the, guess. I think that was one of the biggest problems we had, 
is that fear took over. And then, of course, you can't think straight. There's no rational thinking when fear is the dominant, uh, you know, the dominant feeling that you're dealing with. You know, it's, it's reptilian. It's, you know, the amygdala starts to take over, prefrontal lobe, you know, all executive functions shuts down. It literally, it shuts down your ability to think critically at all. Were you afraid? So, I mean, were you ever afraid during no. this whole thing? I wasn't either. And I mean, again, I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so much more advanced than the, you know, than the average person. But no. I mean, it, it, I was just never fearful. I guess the only thing I was fearful of, I was af- afraid of what my government was doing. That's what I was fearful of. Oh yeah, that that's much that strikes much more fear in me than a dang virus. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, this AI stuff is, um, and it's uh, it's being employed. In, you know, it's it's you know these, these Apple. I just read an article that those those goggles, the vision, whatever it's called, that just came out. They're you know for almost four thousand dollars. Virtual reality, um, something, something. Yeah, yeah. I just read an article that they have the potential to literally rewire your brain, <gasps> how your your brain um, sees <sighs> the world, and it's, I believe that. Uh, th- because... th- and that's that I'm afraid of. <laughs> I mean, and and even just I, I was more afraid of the so-called cure, the stupid a fake vaccine, the poison COVID shot. I was, I, I, I'm concerned. And, and obviously after the fact, we're realizing that our, that our concerns were, were warranted is that, uh, that the, the, the poison COVID shot is rewiring people's DNA. No, thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I interrupted you. Keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that's problem number one. Um, problem number two is um, is is our border. Um, I I'm hard pressed to think that there's anything more important than our border. I mean, it's a tough it's a tough call because our elections, of course, um, you know they 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 are actually affected by our border because of our voter rolls. But um, I think the border has more vectors of of danger and control than any other single vector um, because it means it affects our schools and our teachers our communities um, crime in our communities housing um, our medical benefits our benefits in general um, it affects it, it there's so it affects elections um, and I think people know that the border's a problem, but I don't think they realize just how bad it is. It is beyond description bad. Um, did you know that that um, and I, I really can't. I can't really say, be very specific about the people that I've been speaking with, but just trust me, they know what they're talking about. Mm. Um, there are people coming through our country that, you know, I, you might have heard of the CBP-1 app. People are coming through with the CBP-1 app. You know, they're pre being pre-approved. It's like a secondary approval 
where they're getting their paperwork out of the way because they're going to come anyway. The government says oh, they're going to come anyway, so we may as well try to make it orderly so we can process them. That's the thinking. And there are about a thousand of just these types of illegals coming through, just a thousand a day of just that one type. Okay. And these people are getting, they are getting paperwork that allows them to work in the country as a part, as the end product of that process. What that means is that that's, that, that work permit is essentially a work permit. Um, it, it has associated with it. Now they get a social security number. They get a, 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 a picture ID. They can drive. They get a driver's license. They, uh, it, they go into databases and I would guess millions of them are now because you know, you can, uh, they opt in to say, you know, do you want to vote? Do you want to register to vote? So then they're put on a voter roll. But the thing that I didn't know, and I've been covering the border for three years now, and I did, I learned something all the time. I did not know this. It's huge. They're giving, if it's a family, they're giving the infant child a work permit as they come across. Oh. So, because it's the only mechanism that that they have with that process to give them an ID, you understand? It's the way they ID them. So that at, at that point, that family, and and then they're given an appointment to reappear, right? Uh, it depends on where you are. If you're going to Florida, you might not be seen for four to eight years. Um, maybe if you go to a, a, a less popular state, you'd be seen sooner by uh, an immigration court. But 80% of those families, those individuals, never return to the, they're, they're lost. And they're, they're busing them and, and, and they're flying them into the interior parts of our country by thousands and thousands and thousands every day. And and that's just one tiny little component of the the influx at the border. You know, you've got humanitarian parole, asylum is no longer even what it used to be. Obama Obama uh, did that for us. He expanded the meaning of credible fear to domestic violence, you know, those kinds of things. Instead of it being a very strict set of criteria where you are absolutely, your life is in jeopardy because the government is going to come and, and take you and rape you and, you know, put you in a dungeon, that kind of stuff. That's how, that's what it used to be. It's, it's no longer that. So, and the NGOs, Catholic Charities being one of them, one of the worst, are essentially human trafficking entities now. And they, they're virtue signaling, they're saying that they're doing God's work, whatever, but I can guarantee you, whether well-meaning or not, they are not vetting people. They are, they're hiring uh, legions of attorneys pro bono to help people know what to say 
in, in terms of credible fear claims. They're taking people's word for it about their health. There's no paperwork, no vaccinations, no measles, tuberculosis, God knows what. Now, ICE facilities do screen strictly for active TB, but these other groups, you know, uh, uh, the border protection, with, with the numbers coming through, I think the guy told me that the ICE detention centers have around 34,000 beds. That's ridiculous. I mean, that that number is coming across the border. I mean, that's like a, like, I mean, it's just, it's laughable. Okay. We have 50% of the people coming across our border in all the varieties of ways, whether they're um, coming in, um, in these pre-approved human parole programs like Afghanistan and Venezuela, where they're being flown in by our government, um, whether they're coming across at the border and handled by the border protection or the border protection can't handle it, so they shove them over to NGOs, or whether they're coming through these ICE, you know, they're, they're in ICE, and ICE is not handling families anymore. They're only handling um, adult individuals, female and male. That's all they're handling now. And that's been going on for about a, a year or two years now. Um, hey, I got to, can, uh, can you hold that thought for a second? I want to, uh, uh, can you hold, I mean, can you go through the next segment or do you have to get rolling? Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. I so I want to tee this up because I want to talk about, I'll ask this question. Don't answer it because well, you can answer it on the other side, but who the heck, or maybe I'll even say it this way. Who the hell is funding Catholic charities? So stay tuned. I'm going to. Return after this news break, my guest, Wendy, Wendy's, uh, Wendy's, well, there's just one of her, but Wednesdays with Wendy, Wendy Mahoney, investigative journalist from Uncover DC, will return with me on the Meg Ellison Show after this break on WSAU. 